Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and man, am I excited about the show today. We're doing a deep dive into Shopify Plus. And, you know, we are here at OMG Commerce, we are platform agnostic. We are supportive of whatever platform or tool works for the merchant, whatever gets the job done we will help drive traffic to it. Uh, that said, it's hard to not play favorites a little bit. And uh, we love Shopify. So uh, many, many of our clients are on Shopify and Shopify Plus. As we get into the back end, we love working with it. Lots of positives. And so I uh, reached out to some of our friends at Shopify and requested to have someone come on and, and give us the inside scoop as to what's going on now at Shopify. What, what are some new features that are about to be released and and uh, I think this will be educational just for anybody, regardless of what platform you're on. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by Zipify and Zipify Pages. If you are on Shopify, you need to check out Zipify Pages. It's an easy to use, customizable, drag and drop landing page builder. So now you can take your best marketing ideas, things you learned from the podcast, things you learned from Ezra Firestone, and utilize those in drag and drop fashion using Zipify pages. Also check out one-click upsells, visit zipify.com. My guest today is David Molenkamp, and he's the director of product at Shopify Plus. He is an automation geek. Uh, he also had an awesome background at Research in Motion, also BlackBerry, which we're gonna talk about a little bit. And so uh, really excited to welcome to the show, David Molenkamp. David, uh, thanks for coming on and, and really excited to chat. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, Brad. I'm really excited to talk. Okay, good, good. So uh, yeah, give us your background, if you would, kind of what allows you to become an automation geek and what brought you to e-commerce? Yeah, um, so, you know, probably from the earliest days in my career, um, I've been working with really big systems at scale. So, and during my time at BlackBerry, uh, I, you know, I spent my life there sort of in the enterprise software division. So helping some of the biggest customers that we had deploy massive fleets of mobile devices and manage those things at uh, an extraordinarily increasing scale. Um, and so through all of that, I became fascinated a little bit with how do we give people back time? So, you know, um, time to me is one of those things that, you know, it's precious. We have a, it's a finite resource yet uh, on the same hand, we're totally willing to give it up to anybody who asks for it. Um, and so throughout my career at BlackBerry, um, part of what I realized we were helping um, our customers do and was making them the most successful was when we gave them tools to give them back that time, right? So to give them tools to, to help them do more with the resources that they had. And, you know, that's built over into my, my private life. My, my wife probably, um, is, is not as happy with me because of my constant spending on home automation and, the you know, the, the future of the smart home and, you know, the trials and tribulations that have gone along the way towards that. Have, have you tried the, have you tried the angle of, but I'm just, I'm trying to create more time for us. I'm doing this for our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried all of those things. Okay. Some to varying degrees of success. W wives but. are pretty good at, uh, you know, understanding what we really mean and what our true motivations are. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, I spent 12 years at BlackBerry um, sort of helping them solve some of those problems. And then uh, when an opportunity arose at, at Shopify, 
Um, it had many of the same hallmark challenges. So they were looking for somebody to come in and help them, you know, understand and work and help solve problems for the biggest, most successful merchants on the platform. Um, many of whom who, you know, day to day are dealing with these problems of scale. Um, it was a near and dear topic to my heart, um, a new industry that, you know, I love learning. Um, and to me was just a fresh and interesting challenge. And that's how I find myself here. Very cool. Very cool. And so we'll, we'll focus obviously on Shopify, but I have to, to talk a little bit about BlackBerry because when I saw that that was your background, I was super excited. I still uh, remember with great fondness, my BlackBerry Pearl. Uh, I think it was my, that was my first smartphone. I love that phone. It was, it was awesome. And so um, any uh, any sadness remain on on uh, maybe where BlackBerry pivoted or headed, you know, or or, or any any thoughts on that? Um, you know, it was an amazing time during my career. I learned so much. Those you know the people I I worked with there are like family to me. So there's always fondness as you look back on that. Um, I think, you know, probably the most um, remarkable and amazing point of it was just how much BlackBerry touched the technology world's um, lives and how much change it made. You know, uh, you know, even if you look to the, the latest Apple announcements with the iPhone X um, and some of their use of gestures to swipe up back to the main screen, a lot of that harkens back to some of the innovation that BlackBerry did during the BlackBerry 10 days. So, you know, it, it's fascinating to me. I I, I loved my BlackBerry when I had it. I felt I was immensely, probably more productive on mobile than I was today. Um, and so I always have a sweet spot for that and and the impact they had in the technology world. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, let, let's talk about it, and you touched on this a little bit, but your, your current role at Shopify Plus, so you're, the, you're the director of product at Shopify Plus. What, what does that mean exactly? You talked about solving big problems at scale, but anything else you'd add to that? Yeah. So, um, you know, our merchants on plus are, are obviously the ones growing at the fastest rate and doing the most volume of, of the merchants across the Shopify platform. And that just comes with it, a unique set of challenges on how do you grow at that scale and how do you have to do things differently to support it? And so really my role is about deeply understanding those challenges um, and helping merchants solve the problems that are preventing them from growing to that next level. Uh, so it's a really, you know, fun, you know, widespread role because I get to touch a lot of the Shopify platform and see a lot of it. Um, but you get to really have a lot of meaningful impact and change and, and do things that can really, you know, help people grow their business, which is, is incredibly exciting. Awesome. So uh, for those that don't know, what is what is Shopify Plus compared to Shopify and, and how are they different? Yeah. So Shopify Plus is built on the Shopify platform. Um, it, again, focuses specifically on a segment of our merchants that are scaling incredibly fast or have already reached scale in a large amount of success. Um, so you know, we provide a number of things from both a product perspective that are differentiated from Shopify, um, as well as services on top of that, that help our merchants grow. So from a product perspective, you know, things like a, a larger focus on the B2B channels, you know, higher degree of access to APIs and, and various rates, other automation tools like Launchpad, which help you schedule events at scale, as well as, you know, schedule content changes on your site and some more advanced technologies like Shopify 
by scripts, which really, really give people the power to customize the sort of front end checkout experience that um, in, you know, the other world of Shopify is a little bit more firm and set in stone. So, you know, pair that with a set of services such as our amazing uh, merchant success management team that are really like an extension of our merchants, you know, team themselves who who work with them to help them understand their business, figure out where they could be making improvements really to help them grow. So, you know, combine product and combine service to, you know, really help the fastest scaling and growing merchants on our platforms scale even faster. Got it. So this is really your enterprise offering um, to, to use uh, lingo that's used in the industry a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's interesting lingo. I love the enterprise term externally. And, you know, I'd think many of our customers, so they go from a wide range. So, you know, these really big enterprises that are using it like the New York Times, all the way down to smaller merchants who have just stumbled upon an idea or a product that's just gone viral and they just need help, right, to manage the scale uh, and the success that they're going through. Gotcha. So when, when would a when would a merchant maybe know when they should consider Plus versus just Shopify? Great question. Um, most of the time, we see that happen. Like again, really when they're hitting sort of this peak in um, in in scale, right? And it's really hard to throw like a you know a revenue number at that because. Right. A lot of it just depends on the complexity of their businesses. There's many businesses that do an incredible amount of scale that you know, um, don't have the same level of complexity that some other might be doing at a smaller scale. So it's really what we find is when we we see merchants out there who just need that extra level of service and extra level of product because of the complexity of their business, that plus really is a great fit for those merchants. Gotcha. And uh, you, you talked about some of the, the brands that are using Shopify Plus, New York Times, and and even smaller merchants. Who are, who are some of the, the top brands, some of the well-known brands that people may be surprised to learn are using Shopify Plus? Yeah, for sure. So we've got brands like New York Times, Nestle, Movement Watches, uh, Lisa, Nine West, Fred Siegel, Kylie Cosmetics, Fashion Nova, Red Bull. So, you know, a really wide swath of merchants and people I think would be surprised to know that many of those sites are powered on Shopify Plus. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, we, uh, so we attended IRCE this past year, had a booth and, and our, our booth was, the OMG Commerce booth was right across from Shopify Plus. And, and, you know, there's just been this really growing buzz around Shopify and, and Shopify Plus. And uh, so the growth has been really rapid and, and, and really fun uh, to watch as well. So I think I saw recently, and I know that this will be Shopify total, not just plus, but uh, 500,000 stores or 500,000 merchants on, on Shopify right now. Is that, does that sound right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Just over 500,000 merchants on the platform in total now and, and, and growing really quickly. Um, and, you know, really excited to the number of merchants that we're able to start uh, helping and, you know, helping them continue their growth. Cool. Cool. So from your perspective, what, what do you think Shopify does better than, than other platforms? For me, it's all about agility, right? So, you know, traditionally when you look at people who get into scale or anybody who's trying to start out, there was always this barrier to getting those things started, right? Uh, you know, I had to learn something. Uh, the software can be hard to use. Uh, I have to manage infrastructure and things like that. And Shopify has done an incredible job of marrying an amazing user experience for merchants 
specifically and getting them up and running quickly with an incredible degree of power and flexibility that allows them to do amazing things and customize what they do for their business. And when I go out and talk to our customers, um, what I hear most from them is that, you know, they absolutely love the fact that they get to focus all of their time and energy on their passions and what they do best, which is their products and their business and less about how do I have to maintain this, this beast of an e-commerce site or of a shopping cart. Um, and so it's really, uh, about helping them do that and helping them do it at scale. I mean, the scale that some of our merchants drive, um, you know, I don't think there's a, there is no better platform in the business to run flash or high volume sales on than, than Shopify. Our infrastructure um, is second to none for that. And just being able to know that you can grow your business, you can go on Shark Tank, you can go on Good Morning America and know that the platform is going to stand up to whatever it gets thrown is has been a real differentiator for us um, in the marketplace compared to, to what's out there. Yeah, it's fascinating. A couple of episodes ago, a friend of mine, Stephen Sashin from Zero Shoes was on and he told his Shark Tank story and and uh, and sure enough, his site crashed uh, after a period. This, <laughs> this was several years ago and, and the site's in much better shape now, but... But uh, I don't remember what platform he was on at the time. But, but yeah, that that's an issue. And you know, we talk to people that that transition to Shopify, and one of the the main motivating factors is, hey, no no server issues. We're not having to pay the same level of development time and support just to make sure we're 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 up and there's no downtime and some of those things. And so yeah, being able to just focus on what's what's important. And and from my perspective, from the marketing perspective. You know, we do a lot with with search and and still do quite a bit with organic search and SEO and mm. and Shopify I think really makes SEO easy as well and and I've got I've got a, one of my SEOs in particular is just in love with the platform and how easy it is to use and, and update uh, from an SEO perspective too so that's important um, well let, let's talk about then kind of some of the the new Shopify plus features so let's let's talk about you mentioned. Launchpad, you mentioned scripts, and then and then pre-show. You're telling me about another feature that's about to launch, which sounds amazing. Uh, but if you would kind of kind of roll through some of those, what are, what are some of your favorite new features on Shopify Plus? Yeah, I mean, over the past months, I mean, I mean, you called out a few of those. I mean, we've made some some really heavy investments in Shopify scripts and giving people the ability to customize checkout and shipping and discounts and payments and things like that to Launchpad, which has had seen really incredible success among people being able to schedule and automate the process of promotions and content changes on their site. Um, and then uh, a real-time analytics and dashboards to watch the events roll out. You know, those have been some, you know, some of the really powerful things that you've seen coming from us in the past. But most exciting to me um, is something that we're launching this coming Monday on September 18th um, called Shopify Flow. Um, and Shopify Flow to me represents a lot more of what we just had previously talked about. So, you know, you noted there about how, you know, um, Shopify made it really easy to not have to manage your infrastructure and to focus on the thing that matters the most. And one of the things we've found as we've gone out and talked to our merchants is that, you know, if we could give them one thing, it would be time, right? Uh, they only have so much time in a day. All entrepreneurs are busy. They're fighting to do their best for their business with whatever little resources that they have. Um, and we realized that as merchants started to scale, that 
many of them were being drawn into these things that were less, you know, were the urgent tasks that needed to, to happen to keep their business running, but weren't necessarily the important ones that they needed to do to grow their business. And so with Flow, we wanted to give them a, a way to, to start to scale more efficiently. And so Shopify Flow is an automation platform that allows a merchant to um, build their own workflows and events that happen when certain things in the e-commerce life cycle go on. So for instance, when uh, a new order comes in that um, has high risk, they can automate the cancellation of that order, or they can automate sending a message into Slack so that uh, somebody on the finance team can go take a look and decide whether they want to capture payment and accept those orders. Whereas previously, those were manual tasks that somebody had to go look through. Now the system can actually automate that, whether you're getting you know, 100 orders a day to whether you're getting 20,000 orders a day, the system can, can manually do that. And you can customize and change that all without writing a single line of code. Nice. So I'm assuming it's kind of like a drag and drop interface where you can you can just build out these workflows and and then and then Shopify will will run that magic for you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, GUI based user interface where you can choose the events, the conditions or filters, and then what happens in those things. So you can build these really powerful workflows that that happen, you know, just sort of magically by Shopify. Whereas before you would have to either use a third party app to do that or, you know, run some custom code and, you know, host something on AWS or Google Cloud. Um, you can put all that power directly into your Shopify store, your Shopify Plus store, and you don't have to hire um, any developers to, to help you through that. Very cool. So you, you talked about you know fraud prevention or, or looking at risky orders and deciding what to do and getting notified and things like that. That's a, that's a great example of how to use Flow. What, what, what are some other examples, you know, maybe from a marketing perspective or, or just any other kind of these high use cases where you anticipate, hey, people are really going to use Flow for this. Yeah, so we've seen some some pretty cool stuff so far. Um, probably one of the more common ones we see outside of the order management side of things is customer segmentation. So, you know, um, when an order comes in, you know, segmenting the customers by lifetime value through tagging and then sending personalized communications back to them at certain periods. I think one of the coolest things I've seen somebody do, though, is use Flow to power front-end personalization. So um, just to dive into that a little bit further, uh, the example here would be, you know, the merchant, when an order comes in, they would create a flow that would basically iterate through what that customer purchased and tag that customer object or that record in Shopify with the vendor that they purchased, the colors that they um, purchased on that order, the sizes that they used. And then the next time that buyer comes back to that site on the front end, they leverage all that data that's now in that customer record to actually manipulate what the site looks like them coming back by showing them their favorite brands, you know, putting forth the things that are still in stock in their size or, or you know, sorting by color and stuff like that. So the, the crazy thing about Flow and the thing that's probably the most exciting to me is just, you know, it's really bounded by the imagination of the merchant. Uh, and, you know, um, we didn't really design it for the purpose that it was used, that I just called it out there. But it's incredible to see that they were able to use something that is really a simple set of building blocks to do something incredibly powerful for them. I think this kind of lines up. I remember hearing one of the early Shopify uh, interviews. I think it was with my friend Andrew, Andrew Udarian at Ecommerce Fuel, and I believe it was uh, uh, Harvey. Yeah, 
Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Harvey he was, not exactly. I was, I was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but he talked about, you know, the democratization of e-commerce. And it really sounds like flow is, is a big part of that, right? To mainly say, hey, if you merchant, you're a great marketer, a great innovator, a great product designer, you're not a coder, but now you can create, you know, anything you can dream up almost. Exactly. And, you know, merchants find it really easy to do things before that they really didn't have access to. And it was held, you know, to a select few who had the skills to do it. But even um, more interesting is as we roll this out and as we talk to partners in the developer community, um, you know, they're pretty excited about it, too, because from a partner perspective, they get to focus on really high value interactions with the merchants. Right. Uh, Instead of, you know, helping that customer or using that customer's time and the time they might have with you as a partner to implement some of these automations, they can now say, let's use that money or, or let's use that time that you have with us on something really crazy high value that's going to take you, you know, and be even much more impactful to your business. Yep. I love it. And I think anytime, yeah, you, you talked about time in the beginning and, and freeing up more time. When you find that, that either cost savings or time savings, it's awesome because then you can just shift your creativity and resources to another, you know, the next problem, which, which is inevitably there, you know, that you have to, to tackle. Hey, Brett Curry here. A quick note from one of our sponsors and then we'll get right back to the episode. So our primary underwriter is OMG Commerce, the company that I'm the co-founder and CEO of. And as many of you know, we are a Google premier partner. And in 2016, we were one of the fastest growing premier partners in the entire world. Very proud of that. And so we build full funnel campaigns for e-commerce companies. So search, shopping, video, display campaigns, we build those out. It is now time to get ready for the holidays. And so I've got two free offers for you, a resource and then an offer. And let me talk about the the resource first. So we just recorded a webinar with our two Google reps. So our two reps flew into our headquarters here in Springfield, Missouri. We recorded a webinar, The Ultimate Guide to Holiday Prep. We talk about campaign structure. We talk about smart bidding. We talk about budgets. We talk about feed readiness and a host of other things, some new stuff coming from Google. It's a fantastic webinar. If you'll go to omgcommerce.com forward slash learn, you'll see a link to download that webinar. I suggest you check it out, share it with your team completely free of charge. The other thing is we would love to schedule a strategy session with you. So if you feel like your campaigns are not quite ready for the holidays, we'd love to schedule a strategy session, look at how your full funnel approach is looking right now, provide suggestions, provide feedback, and potential ways we could help. So if you'd like to schedule that strategy session, go to omgcommerce.com, click on Get Started, and there'll be a form there to schedule a strategy session. Love to connect with you. And with that, back to the episode. I want to talk about, you talked about the personalization just a little bit, and, and I absolutely love that. Um, and, and I'm so excited that you brought it up, but uh, you know, I think from a, from a shopper's perspective, as I've gone to a few sites and, you know, interact with some merchants where I may have been on their site and then clicked on their remarketing ads on Facebook and things like that. Then when I go back to that site and one, one company that's great at it and they're huge, but Nike, um, man, after I've had that experience where I've, I've clicked on a few shoes that I like, and then now I'm getting recommendations based on that. It just makes it almost, it makes it kind of hard to shop other places, you know, because it's just so convenient. It's like, you know, walking into the store at the mall for, for those that still do that. I try not to, but, um, <laughs> you know, walk in and, and there's the sales rep and they go, Hey, you're, you know, five pairs of shoes that I guessed you would probably like. Um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, uh, I'm excited to see those, those use cases and I'm excited to see, 
you know, some of our mid-sized merchants, you know, really take advantage of this. And uh, because, you know, on, on our end, we're mainly about driving traffic. We're mainly about, you know, finding good qualified prospects, getting them to the site. And then it's experiences like this that can really kind of level the playing field, you know, and, and make, make it where the, the medium-sized guys can compete with the, the big guys. Yeah, 100%. It's all about it's all about the the buyer experience, right? And providing something unique that 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 feels natural and authentic to that person without, you know, feeling sort of repetitive, robotic and things like that. And, you know, um, like you said, it's, it's really about giving people the tools and the power to do that. Whereas otherwise, you know, it was the Nikes of the world who had access to the sort of capital needed to do that. And hopefully, you know, tools like Shopify flow and, and, you know, other, you know, other things really provide that power to them so that, you know, like you said, it democratizes it a bit and breaks it down from, from just being in the hands of select few. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's kind of take a step back a little bit and, and go look, look at e-commerce as a whole and the industry as a whole. And I know you're, you're a sharp guy. You've been, been in the tech community and e-commerce community for a long time. What, what are just some of the overall trends in e-commerce that, that are exciting you right now. And then we, we can tie that back to, to how you guys are addressing those. But what, what are some trends you're, you're pumped about? You know, I think one of the things I'm probably the most excited is, is I think for a while there was this, you know, um, really big moment where people were, had been talking about retail and the death of retail. Um, and I think the conversation has started to change to people realizing that that's probably not true, right? right? It's just that retail is going to be different, right? Um, and it's going to be changing. And I think what people are starting to realize is it's all about experience, right? It's all about how do you create an amazing buyer experience, whether that happens digitally and online or in the social channels or on mobile that that person uh, interacts or whether it's in person, right? In the interaction that you have and tying all of those things together. So to me, um, you know, I think there's just been this great, um, you know, sort of resurgence of that of recent where people have started to get that, hey, you know, these things aren't going away. They're just all connected. They're all changing. And we need to understand how to build the right experiences around all of it that leverage all of those things and bring them together. Yeah. And I think that then I, I picked on malls a, a minute ago and, and I think yeah. right, rightfully so. Some some of them really maybe shouldn't exist and then the experience yep. is not great. But but yeah, that's not to say that people don't want to shop in stores. We do. And, and that's uh, one of the interesting things that I've talked about on the show before, but you know, millennials, they they like to shop in stores too. It's not just all e-commerce; it's more about commerce in general. But you know, are you making the experience seamless? And and can I interact with you on my mobile device while I'm in the store? And is there a real reason for the the store to exist? But it's it's interesting watching some of the you know pure play e-commerce stores you know, like Warby Parker or Bonobos or others where they're saying, hey, yep. you know, we, we're going to benefit if we, if we create the guide shop or, or set up these, these experiences. Or um, we have a, a client in the, in the archery space and they were showing me this, this other company that I cannot remember the name, but they, they've got a, a, a tractor trailer and they're doing like a, a tour, a road tour, you know, and uh, setting up shop and doing demos and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, physical stores are not dead. The in-person shopping experience is not dead, but it's just changing and you have to think about how it should all, all tie together. So um, for sure. Yeah. Glad, glad you brought that up. Uh, what about on the mobile side, any mobile trends that you're kind of watching and excited about? 
I mean, mobile's here, right? Um, you know, I think one of the interesting things is, is mobile a trend anymore or is this mobile right. the same? Mo mobile right? is just it. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, for sure. And, you know, we spend a lot of time um, working and trying to understand how to help people take advantage of that. So, you know, I think one of the things that propelled Shopify to make success early on was simply its focus on allowing a great mobile experience, you know, uh, a responsive mobile experience, you know, for, for buyers when they come to the site. But, you know, as time progresses, those type of things become table stakes. And so it's about how do you, how do you take advantage even further of that? How do you provide an amazing checkout experience on your mobile device that just happens quickly through using things like Apple Pay and Android Pay or Shopify Pay that, you know, we recently uh, announced and debuted or create incredibly unique mobile experiences. Um, you know, an example of that, uh, that we've experimented with here is something called Frenzy, right? That is uh, an app in the sneakerwear space and the streetwear space that allows you to get access to really exclusive dropped speakers, uh, sneakers without having to worry about sorry, the bot problem, right? And um, sort of gamifying that experience with geolocation and things like that. And, and so for me, mobile, I mean, like I said, it it's here, right? I, I think calling it a trend is um, probably, <laughs> you know, not doing it justice for where it is in the life cycle, so to speak. But it's about um, taking that and providing a differentiated experience, like you talked about, about connecting, you know, when I'm in store and when I'm on mobile. Because I think, you know, more and more people they're not just experiencing one thing at a time anymore, right? Like um, I was in Nike um, the other day and had, you know, um, you know, they're trying to connect in-store experiences between I'm wearing buying a shoes to providing, you know, alternatives and um, ways for me to, you know, do things like, you know, send an Instagram story while I'm in the store as well. So I think people are on multiple channels simultaneously, which, you know, at some ways can be scary, but at other times it is an incredible opportunity for people to take advantage of as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I 100% and I agree. And yeah, mo mobile is here, no no question about it. It's not not up for debate, and and really I meant trends within mobile, like you know the yep. mobile uh, developments and stuff, and which which you touched on. I think what what I'd love to hear more about your your take on on mobile payments. So any other insights there? Uh, I, I do believe that's one of the things that that is suppressing. Uh, mobile checkout, you know, there, there's still this yeah. this disparity as we look at our clients. You know, still for the most part desktop conversion rate is much higher than mobile. Often the total number of conversions is more at parity, but the conversion rate is way different. I think a lot of that is is because of mobile payments and the 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 lack of ease of of checkout. Um, any any thoughts there on mobile payments and any tips for merchants or what they should be considering when it comes to mobile payments? Yeah. Um I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, converting on mobile um, can be difficult. Obviously, it's just a smaller screen. So you really have to be investing in the technologies um, and the experiences that make that easier for the buyer. So, you know, things like Apple Pay where, you know, it's an add to cart, it's a button, it's a fingerprint away, right? Really take a lot of that friction of that experience away. Um, and so focusing on making sure that you're investing uh, and making sure those things are implemented on your site, Android Pay, um, Another really great product, like I mentioned earlier, that, that we developed was something called Shopify Pay, which really gives merchants the ability to almost turn first-time buyers into their on their site 
into the same experience that they would have as second time buyers. And so what Shopify pay is, is, um, is, is a system we've built that essentially when a merchant, uh, when you purchase something on one Shopify store and you opt in as a, as a buyer to have your information saved, if you go to a different Shopify store that also supports Shopify pay, when you come to that store's checkout, uh, you don't have to fill your details out again. It, you know, recognizes who you are, sends you a tech message. You just put in a really simple, you know, code into checkout and bam, it's got all your shipping information, your payment information. And so it really takes the checkout time down. And we've seen like really great improvements in how long it's take people to go through checkout, both on mobile and on desktop. And I think the whole payment side of it is really, you know, there's a really, there's a lot of great stuff happening. Um, and, you know, for merchants, you really need to make sure that you're taking advantage of what's out there because it's those type of payment experiences that are really going to drive increased conversions on mobile. Yeah. And, and I, I love that discussion. And uh, it, what is interesting though, is just kind of the, the fragmentation with mobile yeah. payments. You know, there's not like this one, I guess maybe PayPal is still still the, the biggest in terms of the, the wallet that people are using. But I guess really right now, merchants just have to offer multiple, right? Because, uh, you know, I'm an Apple user, but, uh, you know, Android has more total users. So you kind of need to have Apple Pay and Android Pay and, and Shopify Pay. That sounds super cool. I'm excited to see how that how that grows for you guys, but still, you know, relatively new. So um, I'm, I'm assuming you can integrate with all of those um, and more with, with Shopify. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, you're, you're, you're totally right. There's, there's a ton of options and, you know, they differ depending on the mobile platform that you're on. And so for, for us, it's really about making sure merchants have access to all of them and making them incredibly simple to set up. Right. So making it a checkbox that says, I want to support Apple Pay and I want to support uh, Android Pay rather than, you know, them having to go through large amounts of setup or work to make those type of things happen um, is really what you need to be looking for. But until we start to see some aggregation of those type of things in the ecosystem um, and, you know, maybe, you know, one or two of them coming out on top, it's really paramount that you support those experiences because you really want to support what the buyer wants and not necessarily what's convenient for you. Yep, absolutely. And I, I haven't se- I really haven't seen one player that seems to have the edge or seem to be taking the the lead at this point. That that'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, for now, keep keep the options open. I think <laughs> is, is the key. Um so let's talk a little bit about about social shopping and social integration. And I, I've definitely got some thoughts here. Uh but curious to to hear your take on, you know, setting up a, a shop in, in Facebook or, or whatever. Uh Shopify makes that very easy. Uh, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, my son, who's 15, he uh, he roasts coffee. So just a little side, this is a little side business. I mean, he's still doing school and sports and he's got no time. But anyway, he's roasting coffee. And so we got a little Shopify store, just integrated it with, with Facebook only. So we're not doing anything else. So I've been able to play with that and play with the Shopify app, which has been a, a lot of fun. But but what are, you, what are your thoughts on social shopping in general? And then how does Shopify make that easy? I think like anything, I think the key to social, right, is all about this idea of selling anywhere, right? So you need to sell and you need to be where your customers are now and you need to be where they're going to be tomorrow, right? So social is obviously something where we see a huge amount of your buyers doing either research on and trying to find and discover new products on any of these channels. Um, 
And what you really need to do is try to support a great checkout experience and allow that to come through, you know, to the whole side of where they actually want to make a decision and a purchase decision to buy it. So, you know, we think of that and you've seen those investments, as you pointed out, and things like our Facebook channel. But in general, just the the channels platform that we have about Shopify. And we really believe that we need to make it incredibly easy for um, a merchant to, you know, have their goods show up in any of those channels where the buyer may currently be. And so we invest a lot of money in in that and in pushing for some technology and platform that makes it incredibly easy to actually spin those things up. And so we've done things with Facebook and, you know, being on Facebook Messenger and Kick and, you know, Pinterest Bible pins and our most recent announcement in partnership with uh, Instagram and to bring that channel as well so that you can actually tag products and, you know, lead to purchase flows directly from, you know, surfing in on Instagram. So all of these things are incredibly important. Um, you know, many people, you know, I think the days of e-commerce being the online store are coming to a close. And I think that's just one of the channels you have to be on. I think the other tricky thing about it is, is that, you know, all of these channels, even though that might actually be where the end purchase occurs, they all play a role in the purchase decision, right? So when I see products on Instagram that, you know, influencers are using, or where somebody uh, stumbles upon one of them on my channel, even though they might not directly purchase on that, that is definitely influencing their purchase decision when they come back to online store. So I think it's just incredibly important for people to be on the channels where their customers are. Now for each merchant, you know, where their customers are may be different, right? Uh, so with the way we think about it is lowering the bar for our merchants so that it makes it really easy to, to sell anywhere that their customers are and to be on those channels so that when these um, opportunities arise and when people are you know surfing through any of these social channels, um, that they're able to experience the products that the merchants have, which all leads to more sales and bring them, you know, and, and more growth for the merchant. Yeah. And, and what we're seeing, you know, uh, most of our merchants are driving immense amounts of traffic from social. And so, you know, whether that's just Facebook remarketing, which is kind of the, I think the, the first thing you should do if you're just dabbling in, you know, social uh, paid ads, but you know, then, then integrating your feed, which, which Shopify makes it easy to get your feed uh, into Facebook or Instagram or other places. Um, but I'm not seeing a lot of people actually checking out on the social platform. And you, you address this and I'm glad you did, uh, because I, I'm just not seeing that trend take off. I had a, a friend of mine and client, uh, Chris Lynch from Everyday California. He was on, I don't remember the episode number, but, uh, the, he sells apparel, Everyday California's awesome apparel. He's a Shopify plus customer as well. So they do great business. And, and man, I just love their, their shirts and hats and stuff. It's super cool. They don't get many people checking out on Facebook, but they get a ton of traffic from Facebook. Are, are you kind of seeing that the, the same thing yourself? And do, you, and do you think that will shift much where people will just be checking out and doing everything on Facebook or, or any, any take on that? Yeah. So I think it depends on the merchant, you know, I think, I think you're right. Certain merchants see uh, more success of the specific checkouts, but I think it's incredibly difficult to over to underestimate the power of being on those channels for people yep. and being on a, you know, because like you said, um, how many touches along the way does a buyer have to actually the final purchase? And, um, you know, it's incredibly important that you be there uh, specifically on those channels. Now, over time, I think 
as the experience of purchasing on those channels gets better, as the various channels like Facebook and Instagram and others provide more tools for platforms to integrate the purchase experience, I think we'll see higher degrees uh, and higher um, you know, conversion rates of checkout on those channels. Uh, I think too is just, you know, the customer and the buyer changes, right? Um, you know, they'll become more comfortable with purchasing on these channels rather than directly, you know, going to the online store. But the key point I think is really just that you have to be there, right? Um, and you have to have the agility to go quickly to each one of those platforms uh, when you see changes um, afoot. Yep, you do have to be there. And and it is interesting. I would have guessed, you know, a couple of years ago, kind of when we were first talking about the integrations and being able to check out on Facebook and things, that it they would they would have progressed faster. Uh, and I'm not really sure why it hasn't. If it's just like you mentioned, the comfort level of the customer, or maybe it's on the platform and not not providing the the best uh, integration tools for the um, the carts. I'm, I'm not sure, but anyway, interesting, and it's going to be interesting to watch. But I 100% agree. Like you have to be there. You have to have that presence, and uh, and it's super important. Um, any any other thoughts on on other channels? You know, you know, becoming omni-channel, uh, even marketplaces, and and how Shopify makes that easy. So diversifying channels. Yeah. I, again, I think a lot of this depends on the merchant themselves and and specifically where they see their buyers are. But, you know, I 100% agree. Our, the channels platform that we built with with Shopify really easily allows our merchants to sell wherever their buyers are. And so whether that's Amazon um, and listing your products there, whether it's Wish or House or Wanelo or Ebates, you know, we're constantly investing in, you know, providing opportunity in these channels that people landing, you know, point of sale, all of these type of things are really about providing those, those opportunities, right? So that it's really easy for merchants to, you know, engage with the buyer where it makes sense for their brand. Um, so we see huge opportunity there. You know, we are not um, of the mind that we should be holding back right? Uh, that technology or not allowing, making it hard for merchants to participate in marketplaces. You know, um, if that's right for them, if that's right for their brand, then they should have the power to be able to do that. And for us, the Shopify channels platform is really the thing that allows us to leverage and make all of that super easy for merchants to do and to experiment, to test with, to, to you know, to bring up, to bring down and, and to find new ones when new ones arise really quickly. Very cool. Very cool. Well, David, this has been awesome. Really just just a couple more things kind of as we wrap up, but I know you probably can't reveal anything too top secret. Although if you want to, I would not, I would not stop you. Uh, but <laughs> but what, uh, what's next for, for Shopify plus, what can we be uh, expecting or what should we be looking for? Uh, what's next? Yeah. So, you know, obviously we talked about it a bit earlier and, you know, in our conversation, but Shopify flow, um, you know, that will be launching on Monday, September 18th. Incredibly exciting for us to actually get that out the door um, and look for a ton more stuff. Uh, I wish I could tell you all of it, um, but I can't. Sure, um, sure. You know, a ton more stuff coming up as we lead up to Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, and beyond. There's just an incredible velocity of sort of innovation and, you know, new features for our merchants that they're going to be able to put forth coming on in those next few months. And it's just going to be a super exciting time for, for us and for them. Very cool. And then just kind of a bonus and, and curious if you got any thoughts on this or not. And if you don't know, no worries at all, but 
I was at the Shopify booth at IRCE uh, the, two years ago, I guess it was. And they had this really cool augmented reality. Actually, no, it was virtual reality station mm. where you kind of went through this, this uh, it was all enclosed. The booth was all enclosed and you went in and, and then this dude, you know, put on a headset and you got to shop at like a, a clothing store. It was all, it was all done through a virtual reality set. Uh, but any, any thoughts on augmented reality, virtual reality, and, and how those are going to integrate with e-commerce? And, and again, if, if not, no big deal. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think the jury's out, but I think the power in those technologies is so visceral that I don't see how it doesn't play a future role for them. And so, you know, we have, you know, entire engineering teams here sort of looking at those problems and finding, again, how can we democratize access to those things? Because the last thing we want is it uh, is for it to be something that is beholden to a few. Right. And so. Um, you know, I do see great potential in them. I think, you know, the, the amazing part is, is we're really going to see just an incredible diverse set of experiences that people create them. I think it really ties back in, uh, like we were saying earlier to creating amazing experiences for the buyer. Uh, and you know, those are just two more tools in the sort of the tool chest that we'll see merchants employ in the future. That's awesome. We'll keep on democratizing. I love it. We, we need it. The marketplace needs it. Our merchants need it. So, so keep that up. Um, those that, that have been listening, and, and obviously everybody knows Shopify, but if someone wants to learn more about Shopify Plus or kind of stay in, in the loop on um, some of the new things that are coming out, how should they connect with Shopify Plus and should they connect with you? Do you, do you keep, uh, are you active on Twitter and, and other places uh, socially? Yeah, so... By all means, uh, I am on Twitter. So, you know, D Molenkamp on Twitter, uh, feel free to like, you know, send me a DM or to, you know, you know, shout out at me there. I, I love engaging with our merchants and understanding their use cases more, understand what's working and it's not. Um, and if you just want more information on Shopify Plus, you can head out to www.shopify.com forward slash plus uh, and find all the information there about what we offer for our merchants today and announcements that are coming in the future. Yeah, and this, I know this is not your area, but my, my friend Tommy Walker runs the Shopify Plus blog, which is a killer blog. So if for nothing else, go check out the blog. Lots of really good stuff there. So Yeah, Tommy and the good. team are awesome. Agree. Very, very good. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to do this again sometime. Really appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having me. Very good. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate the time uh, you uh, spend listening to this show. Would love to have your feedback, any ideas or suggestions for guests or topics or things that you would like to know more about. Uh, as always, we would uh, love to have your five-star review in iTunes. That does help us out, helps other people find the show, discover the show. So we greatly appreciate that. And with that, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com 
and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.